Welcome to the Occult London podcast. This is a new podcast dedicated to exploring magic, mysticism, and Kabbalah, as well as other topics. If you like the podcast, please write a review and rate us on iTunes or whatever platform you are listening to this on, as it will really help us to get this message out there. Also, be sure to visit our website at occultlondon.co.uk where you can subscribe to the show. If anyone has any questions for me, then I'd love to hear from them. So please reach out via Facebook or on email as I'd love to answer any questions you might have. You can find my Facebook on the show notes or alternatively email me at occultlondonpodcast at gmail.com. Hope you enjoy it. In today's episode, we will be continuing on from our episode last week with regards to a discussion around the magical use of incense in our spiritual practice. In last week, I gave a kind of overview of some of the historical uses of incense and how it's been used in different cultures. And in today's episode, I wanted to talk more about specifically kind of magical uses of it and how we can use it to enhance our spiritual practice as well as our development with regards to being able to work with these other realms really. In terms of the magical use of incense, um, Agrippa talks about the, the theories regarding the ceremonial use of incense in his three books on occult philosophy book one in the first paragraph he explains the process by which air is taken into the body via the lungs and is incorporated into the flesh via the bloodstream and he talks about how in a sense breathing is a form of eucharist experience in the sense that a substance outside the body is accepted into the body and physically assimilated and in an occult sense this is what we're doing um, with regards to incense in terms of it's bringing us into sympathy with that with that thing Um, hence the word you are what you eat or you are what you breathe in a temple setting um, incense is usually burnt in a in a fixed sensor on or near to an altar Um, Sometimes it's also burnt in a kind of portable furrable, similar to the ones used in a Catholic church. Or you might just see uh, an incense stick or one of those little cones that you buy. Occasionally, incense is also burnt on low stone altars, which is most likely how it would have been burnt in the days of the old sacrificial burnt offerings mentioned in the Bible and other mythological books as well. The reasons we burn incense really is to do with so fumigation, as it's sometimes called in some of the older grimoires, and as we saw in our previous episode, many are um, you know to do with the sort of sacrificial devotional elements and also an offering element in terms of this smell. Um, obviously, is creating a different sensation and effect in our environment, but also um, you know a, a psychological effect as well and a physiological effect. Um, as well Um, but also this idea of the smoke rising up and disappearing so you know it's very much this idea of this borderline between the material and the spiritual worlds and that's probably this this kind of element of smell being very much a strong factor in making changes in a consciousness 
in our consciousness is particularly powerful. Um, particularly if you think about how the memory works. So if you remember back to your childhood, often one thing will link you with a specific memory. So it could be the smell of a particular perfume that your grandmother used to wear or the smell of uh, gasoline from your dad fixing a lawnmower in the summer. Just smelling that now will take you back there and it's almost like you're actually in that place again. So in that sense, smell has a very sort of psychic power connected with it and it almost acts like a time machine in this sense of it transporting us back to being a child again. And this connection between smell and memory is very much proven by science. Um, So when we smell something, the olfactory neurons in the upper part of the nose generate an impulse which is passed to the brain along the olfactory nerve. And the part of the brain that this arrives at is called the olfactory bulb, which processes the signal and then passes that information about the smell to other areas closely connected to it, which is known as the limbic system. And the limbic system basically comprises of a set of structures within the the brain that are really kind of regarded as scientists and experts as kind of really playing a major part in controlling our mood and our memory and our behaviour and emotions and our feelings. And it's often um, regarded as being this kind of old or primitive part of the brain because these same structures were present within the brains of the very first animals and mammals out there. So this kind of really helps us to understand why smell is such an important thing with regards to our memory, our mood and our emotion. This idea of smell awakening old areas of our brain is very much, um, is very well nicely expressed by the uh, magician William Gray when he says the following, I wanted to quote, Traced to its origin, we shall find the overpowering effect of the roasting sacrifice wafted before the noses of the hungry worshippers luxuriating before their cheering fire. Their appetites were not only sharpened, but they could think of absolutely nothing else except the succulent meat their hunting gods had provided. They associated the smell and smoke with everything that was holy, pleasant, wonderful and inspiring. Even all these thousands of years later, there is something rather special about the smell of a Sunday roast. Our memories do not utterly perish, they just alter. Later, when it was discovered that differently scented smokes could stimulate mental and spiritual hunger, affording aesthetic satisfaction and comfort, these became incorporated into ritual practice and are still with us today. And that's a quote from William Gray, uh, his excellent book, which I highly recommend, uh, Ritual Methods. So in a temple setting or a ceremonial setting, the scent of incense, um, similar to the symbolic weapons of, of ritual magic that we discussed in our last few episodes, and the you know the symbolism of the robes, the sounds, the sonorous words of power, these things are all designed to lift the consciousness of the initiate up from being a base human, up through the pillars of the 32nd path, the universe, up into the realms of the higher genius of Tifereth and beyond. Through the act of burning incense, we're literally taking the physical matter of incense, applying air and fire to it, which is magical and symbolic act in itself. And then through the application of heat and oxygen, the the incense is transmuted from being a solid object visible to the eye to this amorphous cloud of air, which is flexible and bending and filled with this magical scent filling the room. 
So the act of burning incense on the altars of incense really is a magical act in itself and very much a reflection of the actual process of initiation itself in terms of turning base metal, the personality and the lower self, into the higher spiritual form of man. Through burning of incense, we are symbolically raising up ourselves, but also building a form which kind of higher forms on the astral and spiritual planes can descend into and find form in. As the consecratory prayer says, May our thoughts and prayers rise acceptably to heaven, even as this smoke arises from our earthly altars. In this sense, the act of burning incense is both invocative, i.e. invoking the spirits in, and also evocative, so theurgy. We are performing a theurgical act which enables the light to descend. And this element is very beautifully described by Monsignor Romano Gardini, who was very influential with regards to the writings of Pope Benedict. And he had these really nice words to say about the use of incense. The offering of an incense is a generous and beautiful rite. The bright grains of incense are laid upon the red-hot charcoal. The censer is swung and the fragrant smoke rises in clouds. In the rhythm and the sweetness there is a musical quality. And like music also is the entire lack of practical utility. It is a prodigal waste of precious material. It is a pouring out of upholding love. And that's his from his book Sacred Signs. Um, so it's, you know, it's this really kind of this beautiful idea that the incense is obviously acting as this link between us and the spiritual realm. But also it's acting as a means for the constructive and the imagination, so the magical imagination of the magician um, to make pictures from the, the various olfactory and also the visual stimuli. Um, and in ancient traditions it was actually believed that the beings invoked in ceremonies or in temples could actually build themselves semi-material bodies out of the incense smoke. And um, this is something that's described in the Key of Solomon, Book 1, Chapter 7, when he says, These things being thus done and performed, ye shall see the spirits come from all sides in great haste with their princes and superiors. Let the master also renew his fumigations and offer large quantities of incense, which he should at once place upon the fire in order to appease the spirits as he hath promised them. So the incense smoke is meant to be a, a medium, really, for these these inner um, so the inner parts of ourselves, but also these outer spirits as well, and almost this idea of the two worlds meeting through the incense. So very similar to the kind of symbol of the hexagram from that point of view, where you have the two interlocking triangles. You could say that the incense acts as a kind of means for those two worlds to conjoin. As well as having the the purpose of elevating the consciousness of people in the sacred place or the temple, um, burning incense is also meant to purify a place and enable it to be free from outside influences and also to enable sacred work to take place. 
and this is the reason why it's often um you know used in terms of uh you know banishing for instance in a in a sacred place or if you want to cleanse a room for instance so the using use of sage or smudge sticks or paulo santo um wood is very good at kind of clearing an atmosphere and making it much nicer and kind of peaceful and this is why it's also mentioned in the watchtower ritual when it says and when after all the phantoms have vanished thou shalt see that holy and formless fire that fire which darts and flashes through the hidden depths of the universe hear thou the voice of fire the fire of the incense is literally burning away the phantoms and enabling the force of yod the holy and formless fire to begin to manifest and in this sense if we imagine the tetragrammaton the incense is descending whilst the earth kind of the physical part of it is ascending so we have this uh, concept of the material and the, and the spiritual conjoined as we've seen um, incense is usually burnt on an altar or close to an altar um, and also used in thurbles in the catholic church um, the Catholic Church has a very long history of using incense uh, within their sort of ceremonies. So obviously you have the bread and wine are placed on the altar by the priest to a prescribed formula. The priest incenses the altar, uh, the gifts on the altar and the cross itself, which is meant to symbolise the church's offering and the prayers kind of rising up to um, up to God. And the priest is also sensed himself, so it's kind of like this purification aspect as well. They tend to also follow a pattern of incense purification, so everything that it touches is is um, is kind of purified and made sacred. So you get uh, practices like the Chaldean rites of the Catholic Church. You also get the receiving the Holy Communion during the Holy Corbano, which is the, Ca the Chaldean sacrificial liturgy where they purify their hands by holding them in smoke just above a bowl of burning incense. And also the Maronite rite, which is where the liturgical vessels are held over um, burning incense as well. So obviously a lot of this stuff, um, you know, would have come out of these kind of earlier pagan traditions in terms of using incense to, to make those connections as well. And some of these practices that you see in the Catholic Church... Um, are also used in the Western mystery tradition as well, uh, and um, you know various magical organisations and lodges, etc. And um, William Gray talks about this quite a bit in his book um, Ritual Methods. Again, um, particularly when he talks about how to use a thurible, when he describes the following: um, there being different swings according to the aim. So you have the Christian practice would be three swings for the Trinity. Um, you have two for the saints. And from a Kabbalistic perspective, you'd use four swings for the divinity, three for higher, and then two for lower, the lower spiritual concepts, and then one for the man. So interesting, worth reading if you're interested in kind of hearing more about that anyway. And he actually has a really interesting um, technique, which I've tried, I've used myself, which works really well from a point of view if you want to kind of purify a particular area where you would have a column of incense at the centre of the room and then you'd have four swings to the height for divinity, one swing to the depth for humanity, three, three swings to the right for the white pillar, three swings to the left for the black pillar, 12 semi-swings around the perimeter of the altar, 
three per quarter for the circle of the stations, three swings around each corner of the altar, where the horns used to be for the four principles, and then a triple swing from front right to left back corner, followed by a triple swing from front left to back right corner, which indicates the cross within the circle, which is obviously a symbol of the elements conjoined. So in that one practice using the thurible, he you know, he really kind of mapped out this entire map of the hermetic universe, the microcosm and the macrocosm, united upon the cross of the elements. So using this pattern, you can imagine, you, you know, you'd be surrounded by smoke completely and it creates a very sacred atmosphere, a very holy atmosphere. And this is quite similar in some ways to a ritual that Donald Michael Craig talks about in his modern magic book which again is a kind of classic if people are interested which is called the Yetzeratic Sealing Rite which is based on the idea from the Sefer Yetzirah where God seals creation with permutations of the letters of his holy name the Tetragrammaton and you use a white candle and frankincense um, or myrrh and you basically seal each of the directions using the incense and permutations of the holy name so again it's a very amazing um thing to try and has some very good results i've had some great results from that as well usually in more of a group setting or in you know the traditional kind of western mystery lodges um the person who'd use the incense would be the officer of the south so they would be the person who'd kind of be channeling that energy of fire uh, into the temple and if you're working on a Kabbalistic point of view, then the group would often, you know, visualize the four archangels as kind of building up in the smoke, as well as the contact of the group or the patron of the group, um, kind of looking through it towards the altar. And the person who is also using the incense um, should also kind of really try and uh, try and assume that element of fire, so feel the fire, the energy, and the earth symbolized with that element as well. When burning incense, like everything you do as a magician, it should be done um, with purpose and not, you know, you shouldn't just be kind of lighting it and going, you know, that's all fine, that's done. It's very much about using your will and your focus. So I'm doing this now. Make everything you do conscious and sacred act and Essentially, so obviously burning the incense is very much a focus or a channel for this energy and it's a symbol of that as well. So we're creating outwardly a sacred place for the fire focus, essentially. And this is something that William Gray talks about as well. Um, I wanted to kind of finish up with a quote from him and he says, Insensation is a matter of degree and circumstances. Some encounter divinity through the singing of their hearts and the scents and sounds of nature itself. Others meet their degree of it through songs around the campfire in a circle of comrades and more specialist ritualists seek it in their temples with swinging censers and chanting. All are different methods of putting similar principles into practice. Um, and that's from Gray, Ritual Methods. If we read um, Herodotus's histories, one of the things I wanted to finish with regards to the kind of the magical use of incense, 
he talks about the the phoenix being connected with with incense which i think is quite interesting and i just wanted to quote him before we finish the egyptians have also another sacred bird called the phoenix which i myself have never seen except in pictures indeed it is a great rarity even in egypt only coming there according to the accounts of the people of heliopolis once in 500 years when the old phoenix dies its size and appearance if it is like the pictures are as follows the plumage is partly red partly golden while the general size and make are almost exactly that of the eagle they tell a story of what this bird does which does not seem to me to be credible that he comes all the way from arabia and brings the parent bird all plastered over with myrrh to the temple of the sun and there buries the body in order to bring him they say he first forms a ball of myrrh as big as he finds that he can carry then he hollows out the ball and puts his parent inside after which he covers over the opening with fresh myrrh and the ball is then of exactly the same weight as it was at first so he brings it to egypt plastered over as i had said and deposits it in the temple of the sun such is the story they tell of the doings of this bird so it's interesting that they mention um incense there so this kind of sacred substance that is connected with this bird who represents really kind of um renewal and eternity and immortality so very similar to the concept of the spirit enmeshed in matter so when we burn incense i think we can really kind of say that we are purifying ourselves but we're also enabling that spiritual part of our being to make contact with the higher realms so like the phoenix we are born and we die over and over again through this pattern of reincarnation and initiation and that's a good way of thinking of the symbol of incense and what it means it's like this eternal flame this eternal fire that continues to burn that's all we've got time for today i hope everyone's enjoyed that thanks very much for listening to the occult london podcast if you have any questions please reach out to me my email is occultlondonpodcast.gmail.com also um if you like the podcast please write a review and rate us on whatever platform you are on as it would really help us to get this message out there and we can continue to make new episodes also be sure to visit our website at occultlondon.co.uk where you can subscribe to the show have a great evening thank you very much